What is social impact to you? Being able to be there for other people. Doing something for the community that shows that you care and that you're wanting to create change for them. Hearing both sides in um, addressing issues and coming to like a more complete understanding of how everyone sees this. It's not just like diversity and inclusion because those can be really hollow, hollow words, but it's very much um, developing very practical, equity-based approaches to solving current social issues, creating sustainable um, solutions to the problems that we care about. Even if they're not going into something directly related with social impact should still be interested in taking the concepts the center has to, to share with people and uh, applying them to, to whatever fields they're interested in. Social impact work is important regardless of whether it's your primary focus, your primary interest, or uh, or not. It's, it's something that should be applied broadly and it can it can benefit you and uh, uh, your ability to empathize with others and create change. Um, social impact to me is love. It really is um, showing that you have love and that you care for the people that you're wanting to help. Um, and it is definitely so much about community and being able to find that. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Critical Mass Podcast, the podcast brought to you by the Center for Social Impact at UVU. I'm Hannah, and I'm this year's host. Now, in physics, the term critical mass refers to the minimum amount of material needed to spark a chemical reaction. But in social impact language, we use the term critical mass to talk about the minimum number of people we need in order to create social change or even the initial protest or event that sparks a social movement. Now, this year, the pods worked on spotlighting student activists, organizers, and advocates, but we haven't talked about the place that made this whole project possible, and that's the Center for Social Impact. What is the first word that comes to your mind when you think about the center? Community. Justice. Community. Like really fun and also like educational. Very inviting. Community. Love. Safe. Inclusivity. Very welcoming. Community. So I mention the center in every episode of my usual intro, you know, Critical Mass, brought to you by the Center for Social Impact at UVU. But what is the center? The center is a strategic and inclusive space that has a plan and that helps students to think through how they can be part of collective social change to really make an impact in their communities based off of their particular interests and their particular skills. The center really just works to make people that are engaged with and that care deeply about their communities and then trains them to understand how to make a positive change in those communities. One person who's kind of been there through it all is Lori, who sits at the front desk and welcomes everyone into the center. We couldn't talk about the center and not sit and have a quick conversation with Lori, so check it out. I'm Lori Phipps, and I'm the administrative assistant here in the center, and I've been here for about six and a half years, working full-time for about five, and um, I help run um, things. You're the first person people see when they walk into the center. What do you want people to know about the space once they walk in? That they are completely welcome. How, however they feel that day, however their life is going, that this is a place that they can come and relax and find comfort and we're not going to judge them. We get a lot of people that sit here in the front of the center and do things like play cards, hang out, you know. What's the craziest thing you've overheard from behind your desk while you're at work? Okay, well, it's hard, it's hard to think about just one, but I'll tell you an experience I had that was really funny. 
Um, I was up at the front desk. This was in our older space. But um, somebody had walked past my desk, and they had kind of a loud, booming voice. And they were shouting out to somebody in the hallway. And it sounded kind of strong and forceful. And all of a sudden, like three or four impact fellows ran up to the front, and they were like, Lori, who's talking to you like that? And they were there to defend me. But it was great. I mean, it just shows <laughs> they had my back, yeah. right? <laughs> that was great. No, but I think uh, as far as hearing the students, I love just hearing how much fun they have together. I don't have, like, one particular story. Yeah. But how much fun they have together. And, you know, school is stressful. College is stressful. And here they are coming in and finding reasons to laugh and, and just to relax with each other, which I think is great. I've also heard um, our student leaders help each other through tough times. And we all need that, too. And I'm glad they can find it here. What have been some of the most memorable stories you've heard from students throughout your time at the center? I've been pretty moved by students who have come in and, and um, after being here for a while, saying, wow, I feel like I'm at home here. And it just makes me think I'm really glad they found us here. Maybe they're not feeling comfortable with their roommates or whatever's going on. They're away from their, their families. But when they come here, they can feel like they're at home. And I've seen um, impact fellows and even some of our student employees that we've had, like, start the academic year off really nervous, not confident, not sure they could do what, what they're going to be asked to do. And with the help of our staff and the trainings that they receive, um, they, they put on some great events. And, like, our newsletters, our podcasts, all of this are just fantastic. And they get better and better as the year goes along. I think students leave here um, uh, with an attitude that they maybe didn't have when they started. I think they feel like they can do more than they ever thought they could, and they're going to take that with them wherever they go. We love Lori. Lori will always be the first one to downplay her role, but she's literally the brain and heart of the center. Any questions anyone has, Lori is always the first person we ask. She helps with everything and knows everyone, and she really is the first face that people see when they walk in. And her demeanor and her smile really carry all of the care that the center has to offer to students. Well, anyways, I want to talk a little bit more about something Lori mentioned about students feeling at home. There's really an atmosphere you come to understand once you walk into the space and just see everyone feeling so comfortable and so welcome. We got a group of students that's always sitting in the front area, playing cards and laughing real loud, and the fellows' desks are all lined up near the front, too. That welcoming atmosphere takes a lot of work to create, and it happens because there are key people in key positions that really set the tone and protect the space. So I sat down with some of the people responsible for creating and protecting our space, and that's the advisors I mentioned at the end of Basic. Basically every episode, Cass, Joe, and Kai. What was the moment in your life that pushed you to get involved with social impact work? So I grew up deeply Mormon, <laughs> and I really wanted to be white, and I didn't understand that for a long time. And one of my um, friends had had, we were talking about like race, and I was one of those people that was just like, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to this, and I don't want to that. And she had actually challenged me. And she said, what do you think we get done if we don't talk about it? And at the time, I had gotten just, like, annoyed and I left. But that question shaped the way I interact with people to this day. I had a similar experience growing up um, as a brown person in the LDS religion. And I was raised by a white family. And so not only did I, like, want to be white, but I also was 
like encouraged to assimilate to whiteness and so it's hard for me to isolate a moment because it just feels like such a journey and so I think from like an inter like a very like individualistic like level it started with me telling lies about myself right because like I knew what was true I knew I wanted to be seen a certain way but in order to assimilate I would not represent myself truthfully Um, and that just over time is like such a eroding (laughs) like um, like process like I just felt like I kept like becoming smaller and I think I finally had to make a decision for myself to start showing up truthfully to who I was and when I saw the power in that that helped me to start expand outside of the individual and say what does it look like for others to get to not only show up authentically but have the safety and space and resources they need to show up authentically which I didn't have in a lot of ways Um, and that's when I started turning towards like community uh, change work. There are many moments that have brought me to want to be a part of this work. I grew up in a Mormon white home and it just was there was no vocabulary at all for stuff like this pure like ignorance on my end. I grew up in a very violent household, sadly, and I it wasn't until I began to like unsuppress that trauma that a lot of things began to other things started to like come to my frontal lobe, you know, unsuppress all this stuff that I was feeling, but I didn't have the vocabulary for stuff like my queerness. So that was a big turning point is when I moved out of Utah, frankly. And was able to start having conversations that gave me the vocabulary to help kind of unsuppress all this internalized stuff. How does your work with the center align with like your personal values? I might be biased because I feel like I infused a lot of my personal values intentionally into the design of what the Center for Social Impact now looks like. We talk a lot about um, intentional strategy when it comes to social change you can't just go with good intentions. Intention doesn't equal impact, as many people know. You can't just follow the most charismatic person or the person who gets a platform most of the time um, in order to affect good change in communities and sustainable change in communities. So I became like very passionate about what does it take to do intentional planning? Um, What does it take to actually gather the community input and the lived experience insights needed to create actual effective social change and so I'm not I was never planning on working in higher ed it's just a vessel for me where we are able to like have access to a lot of like young emerging minds who still have a lot of energy and put tools in their hands and I will say that the exposure that I've had even as a person of color myself um, to students of color particularly Um, at this university is what helped me to start to really become an advocate for the other part of our value system which is relationality and kinship and community Um, if it wasn't for uh, Tino who brought um, so much knowledge um, because of his own uh, decolonial studies and because of the community he's built around him um, from indigenous scholars both like Polynesian and like Native American, 
Um, and if it wasn't for the students that then came because they started to see that showing up in the center, um, honestly, I don't know if I would have gotten as quickly as I did to, oh, we can't just teach like Western strategic tools. We have to teach even more importantly, community relational skills. Um, and so that it w did not come from me. I've been taught it and I'm still learning it um, with an open heart. And we're trying to infuse that in the center. Something that I'm personally really excited about, I wouldn't necessarily say good at, <laughs> but something that I'm really excited about is figuring out what things people actually like to do. Um, because that, I, th I think everybody speaks their own language in the way that they interact with others, how they care for themselves and like foster their own growth. Um, and I like to figure out what that is because I don't want to change the way you speak your language. I want to learn how to speak it and how we can fuse both of our languages together in just the way that we are. I think Cass, when she told me that, you know, this position's opening up where I work and I've seen a lot of the organizing work that you do and I think you'd be great here. I think the thing that really, really spoke to me was how much I get to do that with students and something that I love doing with, with you and the other fellows is like, I don't care about what you think you should do. Tell me what you want to do and let me leverage my own privilege and my own power, whatever I have, to move as many mountains as I possibly can for you. Because I think, I mean, I say this to you guys a lot, I wish you could see the way you are, or I, I wish you could see the way we see you guys. Because I think all of you are such powerhouses and really hungry for for life. And you know that a lot of the things, a lot of the systems of oppression that we are forced to engage in now, like, you know, things don't have to be that way. And you guys see that. Your guys is like relentless, <laughs> like distaste for bullshit is really what drives me. I'm like, yeah, let's get into it. Bring your feelings, get angry and invite every every part of it into your existence. Again, like allow that to shape your language and allow that to guide you throughout life. And so I've really loved what the center has taught me. I see the fellows as some of my biggest teachers as well. And it has really, it's it's shaped the way I move throughout life as well. So it's really honestly been a really great vessel for me to embrace some of my own transformations. I feel like I'm learning so much every day. Um, I, um, I knew Cassie before this and Cassie, I think like saw that the alignment in values and I'm really grateful Cassie for you for like giving me this opportunity. Um, I like both of y'all said it's the students and this relationship it's this interpersonal relationship you have with them that you gain that like is just like it honestly feels like magic I think also because of my personal experience like my personal background I didn't get that you know and so I feel really like a big strong value in being in relationship and communicating in like a healthy way a way that like uplifts in the way that gives opportunity um I also like just want to use my position I know that being a director does give me a position of power and being 
a white and sometimes cis passing person I guess maybe I'm not but (laughs) um I know that it gives me like a position of power and I want to try to use that to help to help y'all to help people that I you know and communicate in community with so so we're talking about like students and I guess and building relationships with students and I feel like knowing all three of you I feel like I do definitely have relationships with all three of you um but I'm wondering uh what is a moment that you guys have had with a group of students uh, that you've worked with this year that you're probably going to remember like five years from now? Honestly, arguing with Valentina about Taco Bell. <laughs> I'll never forget that. The way that we screamed at each other from from my office and, and Valentina was over there and we we're just yelling at each other and, and both of us had like a smile on our face and we're just yelling at each other. Like, why do I? Anyway, that was, I immediately saw that. <laughs> Why Why will you remember that five years from now? I want to hear because I never heard about this yet. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, <laughs> it's honestly, I know this, like, I feel like it's just love. Like that emotion sticks with you. Yeah, I feel like Valentina is very conscious of the relationships that are around her. And she makes active efforts to say, hi, hey, how are you doing, Joe? Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. I really appreciate that. Even as the director, I know there's a power dynamic. And then I feel like it allows me to feel comfortable and her to feel comfortable and me asking the same question back. I think emotions last longest. And I felt a lot of love in that, even though we were screaming. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot because... I mean, you see me come outside of my office all the time be like, I just miss you guys and I just want to like be a silly, goofy guy with you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my favorite moment um, was when we went on our most recent little fellows outing and you all got to meet Solo. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I love Solo. He's a very good friend of mine. I consider him a brother um, in a lot of ways. I'm going to (laughs) cry. But just watching him extend the same love he's always extended to me to all of you and all of you just like walking away being like I loved Solo I think seeing you guys be so excited to talk to him and follow up with him and like just I I don't know there was just like Joe said earlier there was just like magic there and I love when my worlds start to intertwine um like when my friends meet each other or when I don't know, students are meeting my friends. I just think that's the coolest thing. Um, That was really, really special for me. And I hope you guys continue to talk to him because he's he's very stoked about meeting you guys. This group is really special because um, we are, because of how we're crystallizing on how we talk about community um, and bringing in, like, the healing um, aspects of community that we need to, so much of, like, the rest and the joy and all of the nuanced aspects of community. Every time I see on y'all's Instagram stories that you are getting together with each other on the weekends, like I'm not a part of that memory, but seeing it is the outcome that I want from this. Like that you all now have a community that lives beyond the Center for Social Impact. And a lot of student leadership groups don't have that. Like it doesn't become that. Um, and so every time I see that, it, it that is what makes me feel fulfilled. Um, for the particular cohort and this cohort especially has been so strong um, about being intentional about community building outside of the walls of the center um, uh, one moment though that I also will will share just because it's personal to my personal story um, is 
um, Hannah Roundtree is um, a black woman on our team, um, grew up in a very with a with a very similar like set of circumstances as me, very orthodox, conservative, white Mormon family was transracially adopted. I feel a lot of resonance with her trajectory and then coming into college and finding spaces in higher ed that have allowed for a paradigm shift. Um, I found that weirdly at BYU. It's full circle for me to be um, somebody with influence in somebody's life um, and to now show up and be the person who like I needed in that moment. Um, so Hannah Roundtree and I have been able to have a lot of discussions about that. And in the alternative spring break that we went on to Los Angeles, um, we met with several black abolitionists um, who are community organizers in their local communities. And when we asked um, the trip participants, including Hannah Roundtree, um, what they had learned on like the first night or the second night, um, Hannah Roundtree literally stood up, I think it was like on the couch or something, like stood up um, and was like, I learned that I'm done. Like, I'm done taking all of this bullshit um, about who I am from people who don't know me and from people who don't care about me. And I am ready to move forward in my life um, as a black woman um, and in in the state of Utah, surrounded by the people I'm surrounded by. And I just don't give a fuck anymore. And that was like such a like such a moment that I even needed. Um, even though I feel like I'm already there, but I wasn't there at her age. Um, and it's, and I never felt like the power to like stand up and like shout it. Um, and it just felt like a really full circle moment for me, um, to have come from being a college student at BYU, um, one of the only black students, um, and one of the only black queer students (laughs) and feeling horrible. Um, to this moment of having one of my students stand up and literally shout, I'm ready to move forward with my life, and I'm done with with all of you telling me who I am. I know who I am. Um, My next question is, uh, what has been your proudest accomplishment of this year? One of my proudest accomplishments since I've been here is um, organizing the Come As You Are Mixer. There was a controversial speaker coming to UVU, and... This speaker was known, is known to um, circulate a lot of harmful rhetoric to um, the trans community and the LGBTQ community as a whole. I remember talking to Cass and I said, I think we should plan a mixer. UVU's slogan is come as you are. So let's actually cultivate that space for students to show up exactly how they exist and let them know that we will honor that and celebrate that with them. And it's been really cool to see, well, to watch students recognize each other's pain in understanding what the speaker, how how they see them, right? Um, and then share that pain together and translate it to shared joy. That was, was really cool to see. I really feel like the center does... A really good job I think we all do a really good job at like community growth and like community accomplishments maybe I have like a biased view because my role is meeting with all of the fellows that are in charge of the events and I see the group effort in in y'all's accomplishments so much 
with that said, going on the Santa Fe alternative break is probably something that I feel honestly very proud of. <laughs> we, as a group, were able to like accomplish and like problem solve a lot of different things and like handle potentially harmful situations. And I'm really proud that I was able to create a space where everyone felt heard and everyone was able to, I'm getting emotional, sorry. Everyone was able and felt safe to offer their like solution to the problem, right? Their, their perspective. There was one night when we all put on, and it's actually really special for me because I do this with my children. My kids cannot stop talking. <laughs> they're like, they're just like me, very expressive. <laughs> and so I had a talking stick at dinner time because I literally would just keep talking over each other. And the talking stick are these yellow sunglasses that are like 50s. They're amazing. And Eddie is three and Theo is five and they both put them on. <laughs> like divas <laughs> and it's like it's my turn to talk <laughs> and they like get a chance and I was starting to notice that on the trip that there were some voices being heard more than others and I was like all right what do we do here because people are being interrupted and I know how it feels to be interrupted and I know how it feels to interrupt because I'm just excited to say something and so I pulled those exact glasses out <laughs> And I was like, all right, everybody, we are going to have a talking stick. It was right after a potentially harmful um, moment that we had where debrief and learning needed to happen. And I knew that I needed to create a space where everyone felt heard. So we pulled the glasses out and everyone took a turn with the glasses. And still some people began to interrupt. And I was like, well, the glasses, you don't got the glasses on. And then some people weren't able to go. And I didn't or not able to, but some voices were you know some people didn't like don't know how to advocate for themselves and then it wasn't just me that advocated for them but it was everyone else in the group and it just became such a beautiful community moment of learning and love and then we were all howling with laughter at the end why do you think it's important for students to involve themselves with the center for social impact i think a lot of times the reason why we push people to put themselves out there or to apply to be a fellow or to come to an event to get involved is because I've seen imposter syndrome be one of the big causes why people don't involve themselves in community and community is what is healing and and that's where we can find rest and progress and growth and so that's why we in, like we invite my inner my my ex not ex how do i say this my um former lds missionary is coming out in me <laughs> i invite you no i should stop i'm sorry it's too bad <laughs> keep that in <laughs> keep editing this sophie sorry oh i guess you're not the editor um but thanks for being here sophie anyway <laughs> Oh, yeah, it really is. It's it's community. That's why we keep inviting students to come. I think there's a couple different reasons for students to involve themselves at the Center for Social Impact. Um, one of them has been the theme of all of our responses to almost every question is simply intentional community and um, what we are very much attempting to make safe community. And in a 
society that is so highly individualistic, there are so few spaces where intentional community and safe community is being formed. It's like, come and build community here so that you have lasting community after you leave this place. Um, That's like my number one. Um, After that, the Center for Social Impact is like chock full on purpose of experiences that translate well to a portfolio or to a resume. And I do that very intentionally. Like, honestly, that is like one of my goals in getting students involved at the Center for Social Impact, especially the students of color, because I want to see them succeed in the systems that they have to engage with and we can help them. I think students should get involved at the Center for Social Impact so they know how to build an infrastructure of community care. And I'll explain that a little bit because so much of community organizing and strategizing is relational. And I don't think people really give it enough weight there. It's hard to ask a community to sacrifice for the common good without an infrastructure of care. If I'm not going to ask my best friend to sacrifice their job, their livelihood, their money, their relationships with their friends and family to build a world that I want to see. But I would tell my friend that I would be there for them for anything. I would offer a space in my home for them. I would buy them groceries if they needed it. I would go with them to a doctor's appointment because it's scary. And that in and of itself is part of a care infrastructure. And I think that's really what we're starting or what we're leaning into at the center right now is how to build a community outside of a white supremacist construct, outside of a power dynamic, truly how to make friends with people, how you can trust those people, and how you don't give too much of yourself away, that you don't want to overpromise things that you can't keep. When we're all trying to fight to make a change, we know we can fall back on each other, and that's where that change starts to come from. So it goes back to the quote that we share all the time. And if I butcher this, I'm so sorry, but (laughs) I believe it's Reverend Jennifer Bailey. Relationships happen at the speed of trust and social change happens at the speed of relationships. And I believe very strongly in all of the things that we're teaching at the Center for Social Impact for the future, for the future of the following generations. You guys hold so much power and I really want you to tap into that and show you guys how to really have each other's backs. As someone who's been a fellow and someone who's associated with like the center before I was a fellow for like a good amount of time, I really feel like my experience with the center and with you guys has like really nourished me and kind of showed me like what I want to do, you know, like kind of expanded my um, like own ability to think through what is even possible. Um, so thank you guys so much for coming in and thank you, you know, for being a part of that journey for me. So I, I really appreciate it and I appreciate you guys. Thank you. We love you, Hannah. Love to watch you kill the game. Can't wait to listen to you on NPR. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) It's so crazy to me because when Cass told me I was going to be handling the podcast at the beginning of this year, I had no idea what I was doing. I really hated hearing myself on audio and we didn't even have a spot to record. But it felt right that my last studio recorded interview in the place where I've met all kinds of people and had all kinds of conversations be with the people that put me into that space and gave me that opportunity. I want to take a sec here and really say thanks to the advisors for believing me and taking me into this space and uh, giving me this opportunity. I really think that this whole project has changed my life. Um, Y'all have been a model for who I want to look for in any community I become part of in the future and honestly who I want to become in the world. 
the Brighton University can really make students that are different feel unwelcome and incompetent, but y'all's willingness to hold back the world and give students a place to just be was wild to me. Uh, I literally seen the center transform in real time and become a refuge for people of color on campus, queer students, neurodivergent people, all kinds of people found a home at the center. And the advisors did a hell of a lot of work to change the center into what it is now, but they really couldn't do it all alone. So to help them, the center hired on a bunch of people to help achieve their goal of social impact, and those were the social impact fellows. The center employed 10 students that have worked this last year to help design and implement programming and events that inform the student body and help make an impact on campus. So let's hear a bit from the fellows themselves about their experience here at the center. My experience with the Center for Social Impact has completely changed my life. Um, I've never had such like an impactful community before. I've never felt like so accepted and seen and loved before unconditionally. A few months ago at the start of my senior year, I was pretty terrified about like trying to find jobs. And I <laughs> seriously, like in January, I don't think I would have thought I could be somebody after graduation but now I know that I can and I can implement social impact work and like anything that I do and it's it's my passion I've truly have found like my purpose in life and I know what I'm good at and I know what I want um and that is to keep building community and um you know, disrupting harmful systems. I remember when I first started out here last semester, I had no idea what I was doing. I was not confident. I knew that I, I cared about issues, but I didn't know what to do. And that's what we do is like give the tools to do those things. Working at the center, I felt like I came back to myself. I cried a lot and often it felt good to be able to cry with other people and to kind of um, be sad and to feel the hurt more fully in a place where you could be acknowledged and in a place where people shared your same concerns. You could get on the same page as them. I still cry because I get sad. I get sad that things aren't better. Those things still make me sad, but the thing about having a community that supports and loves you is that you get to cry for them. You get to see their successes and see their growth and cry because you're happy that you got to be there. There's like something healing and genuine and fulfilling about it that I just was so, it was so unexpected to be able to feel that. There aren't many situations when you get to be in a room where everybody is at the same time intending to make like community as you. But you can't anticipate how the feeling of belonging and community at that deep of a level is going to change you. Because when you think about it, you feeling so little and small in a room full of people who also feel like they don't matter. You get those people in a room and they're trying to make each other matter. And that kind of deep love, that genuine feeling is indescribable and that that was extremely unexpected um, but that it was so healing for me um, it changes a person to feel that and I'll be different forever because of these experiences for me personally um, I know that I have changed because 
because of the way that I see social impact now. It's for me, it's become more of of looking into the tiny details of the systemic impacts, analyzing those more. Being in the center has also allowed me to be more focused on the community. Like not just uh, com- is, is community, being focused on community is not like the community service, you know, like checking off boxes, like to give to like grad schools or any of that. Like, I don't know, like the thing that I have realized is that becoming focused on community means caring and being aware of collective care, like, like focusing a lot on collective community care and building overall I've loved working at the center and the changes are they're more engraved into our own life philosophies and like these changes that I have felt here I'm going to be carrying them with me and like I've said like these new changes are going to be framing the way that I that I the way that I assess social impact and the way that I bring about like the actions that I am engaged with when I first came on to being a fellow, I knew some of the people already. I knew Oscar and I knew Hannah. Um, so I was already friends with both of them. Um, I became really good friends with uh, Hannah Roundtree. And I don't know, she's such a great person. And I really appreciate um, the friendship that I've built with her. Also, I became with um, friends with all the other fellows. And they're just such good people and like so different and unique in their little ways. So if you ever need help, you can like literally go to them for like every little like niche thing that you need help with but yes love them all uh kiona she's freaking so smart i can't comprehend how someone can know so much stuff so i've made friends with a lot of other people as well just like associates or people who have come to the events um and they they're all so cool and now i feel like you know Walking down the hall, I'll be like, bump into someone and I know. And it's like, so nice to be like, oh my gosh, I know you. When before walking down the hall in like such a big university, it's like, I don't know anybody. So I'm just going to mind my business. Um, and it has been really nice. I will miss a time when I'm not always here at the center. After working at the Center for Social Impact and um, making the relationships that I did at the center with the fellows and with the directors, um, I, I think that, that those relationships helped me, uh, recontextualize, uh, what social impact work should look like and feel like ultimately. Um, I think there's a way in which a lot of social impact work is oftentimes sacrificial, um, either on, on, on a person's end or, or, or on a community's end. At the center, I've, I feel like I've reoriented to considering and, and trying to center myself and, and, and others in my community. One of the things that I really appreciated at the center is learning how to share my own anxieties and share my rest and share um, things that I don't normally feel comfortable um, talking about with others or or opening up about with others the center for social impact i would just say for that reason uh, it's one of the rare places on campus where there's a, a sense of care um that doesn't, that doesn't have a kind of like edge or ulterior motive to it there's just a kind of genuine concern for anyone who comes in uh, and i think as fellows there's a kind of a, an interest in trying to cultivate that kind of atmosphere where if someone comes at the center there's, there's like a there's a desire to 
make people feel welcomed and um, make make people feel present and talk about uh, certain things that uh, that it might be uncomfortable to talk about. And and I hope to kind of continue the relationships that I have at the center currently, and 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 uh, continue to open up and try to spend more time with these people uh, who have uh, made me feel. Um, valued and, and, and made me feel like I uh, can also return that, that um, sense of uh, comfort. One of the things that was the most surprising to me about the Center for Social Impact was um, that, you know, everyone was ready to meet me where I was at and to have hard conversations. And in many ways, like, they were already aware of, you know, some of the difficulties, some of the challenges you know, of varied identities and they understood the nuance of different experiences and positionality, you know, and all the things that those, that those ideas entail. Um, and because of that, we were able to have some really, you know, intense and vulnerable and cathartic healing conversations. I think one of the best parts about community is that you can find ways to, to relieve that stress and to, you know, express that and be in solidarity with each other and just be together um and that's really one of the ways that the relationships have developed between me and other fellows for example and our mentors and so many of the other people who come and go through the center you know and um, you build really meaningful relationships i think it's been a very um a very wonderful and fulfilling experience the center has provided me with a lot of relationships from the beginning that we didn't, like the fellows, we didn't know each other very well. We were very shy. And now that it's our fellowship year, it's coming to an end. It's a little sad. It is, it's actually really sad to think that it's only a year long, thinking that this is going to be a little, it almost feels like it should be a lifelong experience to be working with the current fellows right now. It's something that I have never experienced anywhere else. These relationships really do mean a lot to me. And I, I think I will be looking for a space like the center that the fellows have created in every space that I go into now. They really set the bar up high and... I just can't wait to see what all of the fellows do in the future. I know all of them have so much potential to go into whatever they want or whatever comes to them. And I really can't wait for them to reach out to all the fellows and be like, yo, look what I'm doing or look what I accomplished. Like, I really cannot wait to see all the amazing things that the fellows will, not are, but will accomplish in the future i had a lot of fun doing my events a lot of people had come up to me and be like oh like i love the movie like it's one of my favorite movies now or i've seen people who like came to the movies and like we discussed anything and you see how that like changed their perception and how they talk about the issues especially when i keep coming back to the center and you'll keep having discussions with them so that was a lot of fun to me, you know, thinking of it like, wow, I'm like actually changing how people think around me. I'm really strong in my beliefs and I like really strong in my values. Um, and I think how the center has helped me to like be accepting of people that might not like 
agree to that because you really don't know why they don't you know either they haven't had access to information or they um like some things are just plain just being like yeah you know i don't agree with you but sometimes it's like the lack of like knowledge and like live experience that they can really be like oh yeah i agree with you on this point so learning how to not be so reactionary with people like just like go against what i'm saying it's really helped me a lot you know to like see other perspectives of an issue i think that's the biggest thing that i've like um cultivated as my time as a fellow here The thing that surprised me most about working at the Center for Social Impact is the things that the center can prioritize were completely different than anywhere else I've worked or been involved with on campus in the sense that it didn't just feel like a job or a scholarship and it was genuinely a community that we were brought into to help build and work on projects that were genuinely in the interest of other students and other people and not just for the agenda and priorities of like your boss or your supervisor and having relationships be prioritized was really surprising to me and it was the first time my entire college experience where I felt like I could openly be an emotional person and share what was going on in my life and I still felt valued and appreciated even when I fell short and you had people around you that you genuinely liked <laughs> help you get back up on your feet but in working at the center and the fact that it, they prioritize strong community and the importance of living experts it, it really like reframed my perspective and honed in my like lens on that I am capable of making change, not necessarily by myself, but within a community and in a local community, you have so much more power. I was able to build relationships and connections that are gonna last so much longer than whatever we were working on was going to. The most difficult thing about the center is going to be leaving this cohort because not seeing them every single day, that's going to be hard. <laughs> There's something really bittersweet about hearing all these audios from the fellows. Uh, we're all so different, coming from different backgrounds, cultures, beliefs, and perspectives. But we found each other, and we built a really dope community, and that's the foundation for effective social change. When you care about people that live a life that's just so different from yours, it pushes you to try everything you can to make a world that's safe for you both to exist in. And that's what we did here. I only want to live a life in a world that's going to be so, so kind to these people. And this experience has really nurtured me in a way I can't explain. And so much of that was just because of how much time I got to spend with the fellows, laughing and crying and messing around. It's a hard thing to be leaving, but I feel good walking away because I built something that I can be proud of as much as in my relationships with the fellows as on this project. As a community-engaged learning and research fellow for the Center for Social Impact, I've been put in charge of planning and recording every episode of this podcast, and it has easily been one of the most fulfilling projects I've ever worked on. Still, every episode found a new way to stress me out, and I really could never have gotten every episode out, sounding great and making sense without everyone on my team. There's a lot of moving parts that go into making a podcast, and it's really not that glamorous. It's a lot of marketing and editing and mixing, and everyone on my team contributed a different set of skills to the project. Now, I've been mentioning their names and the thank yous at the end of every episode, but it's way past time for y'all to finally meet the people behind the production. So here are the podcast associates. Hey, my name is Cap Barafret. I am one of the writers for the podcast. The reason I sign on to the project was um, because I've always been interested 
in social impact and I always wanted to look for an opportunity to help somehow. But once I started, it became more than just a job. Um, the reason I stayed on uh, for the project was because I felt like what I was doing was helping. I was actually making a difference in a small way to get people to listen and expose them to these things about society that might have been overlooked. And that was something that was so important to me. Communication is the backbone of society. And so when we communicate, we change and we create the world. And with this project, I feel like we can create a better world by communicating what we believe in. Hi, I'm Sophie White. I am the engineer behind Critical Mass Podcast, which means, according to Hannah, I have been a mysterious figure for the past year. I don't really work with them on campus in the center. I work on campus in the studio uh, and just really help with the actual recording of things, setting up mics, making sure levels are good, doing my best to make sure everyone sounds good and can be heard. But I'm still really glad that I do work with them in any capacity because I think the work that they do is so important. There's so much that I've learned just by listening to the interviews and recording them and hearing it from the people who are doing the organizing hits differently and hits more personally. And they have so much to say and they have so much fight in them that I can't help but admire Every single person that we've interviewed and all of the people we didn't get to interview, I think about that a lot. And I think about just how difficult the work is that these people are doing, but it's so important. And so any way that we can help with that, I think, is important. And any way to get those voices heard is important. And that's why I've really enjoyed working on this podcast. Hi, my name is Kenna. I work as a researcher for the podcast. I knew I was passionate about so many different social issues. I just didn't know how to effectively make a change. And I feel like the center really taught me how to do that. The center has given me a lot of hope and specifically the podcast, just being able to hear other people's stories and know what they've been through and know what they go through on a daily basis because of the error of the systems that are in place. Um, it's really made me become more aware and to listen to these stories. The podcast has given a voice and a chance for these stories to be told and heard. And I'm just really grateful for the center for that. Hi, my name is Ariana Tsupahi, and I'm a researcher with the podcast, and I was featured on the third episode about the Dines student organizers here at UVU and in the surrounding areas. Being able to like have the opportunity to do my own episode, it just, it gave me a voice that I didn't know that I was able to have on U at UVU campus. And so just getting that small bit of time to be like, yes, this is how natives are, and this is like what we do and how our lives are lived it it was really good to be able to share my my voice and like my culture through this podcast and getting the opportunity to share other people's 
stories and I think working on this podcast like just it made me different in the sense of like we're all not the same but also we are the same we all come from the same struggle we all come from like oppression and you know that that oppression can just be like so relatable sometimes and some of the stories that I've heard throughout our podcast has made me look at the world differently like I didn't know my native culture could be so relatable to other cultures as well and just being able to experience that and hear that other people have the same stories as me was really nice my name is Brayden. I'm one of the sound editors on the podcast. Before the podcast, I was working construction, and I was with people every day whose uh, values didn't align with mine, and the way that they saw the world was very different from the way that I viewed the world. Um, and it was a bad situation for me and my mental to be in this type of environment every day. So I went looking for other stuff. I've done music as a pretty serious hobby for a while. I've been able to help edit audio as well as make all the music for the podcast, and it's been an amazing experience working for the Social Impact Pod. The thing that I love the most working with the pod is being able to hear all the experiences and stories from other students. A lot of folks that we get on the pod have been dealt a difficult hand and the way that people rise through hardship and turn around and, and try to help others is so incredibly inspiring. And it's been a real privilege to be able to hear the raw audios from these folks. And every time I'm editing, I'm crying and shit. And it's really inspiring and eye-opening and so important and it's been such a privilege to help get these stories out there and to work with a team who's so fun and so good to be around and who also take this opportunity so seriously and it's been so cool to make the music for the pod and get paid for it and a lot of folks that we bring on the podcast share firsthand experiences from these different systems that are oppressive that people don't want to talk about. And being able to just put their experiences into a podcast and uplift their voice and get those experiences heard. It's an incredible privilege to be a part of and it's also just a good time. Hi, my name is Carolina Jojo and I'm a researcher for the podcast. There are different reasons that made me decide to work on the podcast. First, it was a great opportunity for me to be more involved at the center of social impact. Second, the podcast had a great goal of informing students and the community in an interactive way about the different problems that we can encounter in our society. So how I would not want to be part of it. Lastly, I thought it was a challenge for me because I was not related to something like that so i felt that it was an opportunity for me to learn and develop new skills and at the same time grow as a person and a member of this society working on the podcast was a constructive opportunity for me it was a short time but i have learned so much from the team i have seen them excited about the different topics that we talk about which was contagious and made me do my best also helped me to be more conscious of what is happening in our society and be more aware that I should be more involved and more curious about my surroundings. I am thankful for this great opportunity and it was a pleasure for me to be part of the podcasting. Uh, hey everyone, my name's Danny. I'm a researcher and scriptwriter for the podcast. But after I started working there for a while, I realized I was part of something very special. Um, and working at the center for a little while, I realized I was at some at a place that genuinely 
cared about making social impact and cared about doing it in a way that uh, was community forward rather than ego forward. Um, And working on the podcast, I've had an opportunity to engage. I think my perspective on social impact has changed. And as that's changed, I've changed. It's pretty easy to get wrapped up in doomerism. It's hard to think that I could possibly make a difference, that I could help, uh, that anything can help at all. But now I see that there are people who also see that, but who still care and who still are going to try and make a difference and who are going to address those issues rather than ignore it. And I've found that absolutely invigorating and experiencing hope uh, is pretty amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better group of people to help me run the pod. Everyone came in with a different perspective and their own ideas for how it all should turn out. And we just kind of had to figure out how to mesh everyone's ideas together and turn out something great. It was dope to work with different people on different episodes. We had Ari on episode three, Daniel on episode two. And it really helped me realize that everyone's got a story inside and there's nobody that's not worth talking to. And that's how we usually try to plan every episode. We try to find the story. Planning this one was a little bit harder, though, because there are so many voices we wanted to include, and each one contributes uniquely to the story of what makes the center what it means to people. But that's what this place does and what it is. It's the intersection of so many stories and lives and values and people. And this year has been so special, and I was kind of freaking out about how the center will never be like this again. It'll never be the same combination of fellows and associates and friends. Next year, there's going to be new fellows, new inside jokes, and different dynamics. And this space is going to keep being special to people just in new and different ways. A new team is going to inherit the podcast and make it into whatever they want it to be. And the center is going to stay where it's at. It's going to keep building relationships and fostering community and convincing people to care about one another and about the world. And it's going to keep inspiring them to do whatever they can to take the acceptance they found there and try to take that and make it in the world. Different people are going to keep coming together, and that's real. Community is messy, and there's not a clean story that captures what that really looks like. The podcast and the center mean a lot of things to a lot of people. For some of us, it's just a job, something to help pay the bills, and something to put on a resume, and that's great. But for other people, it's a place to find purpose and hope in a difficult world. A place to come together and to heal and to fight and to build community and to take up space together. Alrighty. So what has your experience been like with the Center for Social Impact? I went on an alternative break for spring break and I met incredible people. I think it's really rewarding. It was the first place in which I saw a lot of um, representation for like the LGBTQ plus community and that kind of relieved me because I thought I could feel at least comfortable in some kind of space within the whole building. It's been really great. Um, This is where a lot of my closest friends are. The Center for Social Impact has been great about showing me how to use my skills and hobbies to work towards a greater good and social impact. Overall, it's a really fun and welcoming space. Very open to any student, regardless of sexuality, race, gender, etc., etc., etc. The center really recognizes how people are coming into these um, issues, what kind of frame- frameworks they've been um, influenced by, 
they've been able to get certain educations that they haven't been able to and really just being a non-judgmental space to kind of get that learning and um, learn how to think outside of those frameworks. It's just been a really open community to be able to voice your mind and not have any judgment, just like kind corrections basically. Having a place in the world to like feel safe. The center has been great for my mental health. It is where I found some wonderful people. It's also a place where like I feel like I belong. I take the things that I've learned from the center outside of my personal life and now I use like some verbiage, some some examples. And I use it to like talk to people about specific things. And I think that's been a really cool part. I appreciate the center for that. I appreciate the center for allowing me to be very shy and intimidated at first. So still like give me a space where it doesn't always have to be like that. The Center for Social Impact is a place that cares about people. It's a space that brings people together and convinces them to care about each other and about the world. The center and the people in it prioritize respecting and protecting people's right to exist as they are. Of course, we're all just people and things are messy and imperfect, but there's an effort and there's a mission. It's about moving towards a new world where every space can feel as welcoming and as accepting as the center does. That's what I felt here, and that's what I want to take with me as I graduate and move out into the world. This work is endless, and so many of us are going to spend our entire lives moving towards something that we might never see realized in our lifetimes. But the work is necessarily hopeful, and the friends we have, the relationships we've built, they support us through the times where it seems impossible and remind us always of what we're fighting for. Because all this work that we do, it's really all for each other, to make the whole world more livable for us. Well, that's all we got for y'all today, guys. Thanks to everyone who made this project possible. Thanks first and foremost to my team, Sophie, Brayden, Jaden, Danny, Ari, Carolina, and Kenna. None of this could have happened this year without each of y'all, and we made something really dope, you know? More things than I can ever say to this year's cohort of fellows and some of my best friends, Oscar, Alex, Kiona, Hannah, Brody, Mari, Kate, Sav, and Valentina. Y'all made this year one of the best ones I've ever had at UVU, and I know I'm going to be friends with y'all for the rest of my life. Uh, thanks to this year's advisors, Cass, Kai, and Joe. It's been wild getting to know y'all this year. Thanks so much for looking out for me and for keeping me alive. And thanks also to one of last year's advisors, Dr. Thino Diaz, because he's the one who found me and dragged my ass into the center and into all these programs where I found my home and where I found my people. Thanks to everyone that donated their voice to this production. Kim, Teresa, Tess, Chloe, Maya, Jackie, Clay, Brady, Riley, and Shirley, and everyone else whose voice ended up on this episode. Y'all's voices make the center what it is. And thanks to Shirley, Valentina, Hannah, and Joe for helping me to collect those audios from everybody. Thank you so much to the center for the funding and the opportunity to have this platform. Thanks for everyone who I had the opportunity to speak with throughout this whole year, both on air and behind the scenes, for sharing your time and your lived experience. Now, the Center for Social Impact is located in the Student Wellness Building in SC105, right across from the big ballroom. Follow us on Instagram at UVU Social Impact to keep an eye out for next year when we start posting about looking for a new team to run the podcast. Now, this was our final episode of the year, but come back next semester and listen to whatever the new podcast homies make. I already know it's going to be dope. So thanks, guys, for your time and your attention this year. It's been so special. I'ma miss y'all. Anyways, I'm Hannah, and y'all been listening to Critical Mass Podcast.
What do you think is the most important part of this place? I think that it gives people a community to grapple with a lot of these issues. The social impact provides like a lot of community support and they provide like a lot of um, connection within people that are different from you, but they, it's like all a community together. Hannah Roundtree has been especially inviting to me just by, she knew my name before I even knew hers. Finding places where you can just sort of chill without having to worry about like defending yourself is really important. The community, anytime I go in there, Hannah's always playing cards. She's <laughs> like, I'm taking a break from homework, but I don't ever see her do homework. <laughs> Being called out, it's the truth. <laughs> I like the study rooms, I think they're kind of fun, but also just like um, the community there is really cool very appreciative and amazed by how we like as such a diverse group of students and faculty are able to build such a meaningful community a safe space for, for creativity for for struggles and pain and trauma to be healed and to turn turn our experiences into into meaningful work there is a community there like you go i walk past there and i'm just drawn to say hi to them and drawn to come by and play cards and you know do my homework there study there just talk to people and just community is the first word that comes to my mind when i think about the center the community is what brings me back the people there are very kind and welcoming and i just i love coming by and just even if it's like just sitting down in a study room and not even talking just being in the presence of people like this is very like common to me and that's what i love about the center it's a space for us, for Latina kids, for queer kids, for marginalized communities, for, for all of us. It's a space that has given us easily and, and very lovingly acceptance. And it's given me, it's given me a space where I can be vulnerable and, and talk to people and laugh with people and, and do things that I love on campus.